Well, praise the Lord, uh, and good morning. Good Sunday morning to you and to everybody. Amen. Um, we're here for the Word of God today. Praise the Lord. Um, glad to continue to, to go forward with God. Amen. Um, here in New Jersey, I can tell you this, summer has arrived with a vengeance. Uh, it's supposed to be 97 degrees today, 98 tomorrow. Um, so summer is here, but we don't care. Most importantly, God is here. And so we're continuing to walk with him, believe in him, trust in him, uh, and look to him. And we're going to do that today. Amen. And we're going to look to him through his word. And so on this morning, amen, we're going to jump right in. And I'm going to ask you to go with me to, to the book of 2 Kings chapter 8. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 8. That's where we're going to go this morning. 2 Kings Chapter 8, 2 Kings, easiest book to find in the Bible. Why? Because it's right after 1 Kings. Amen. So um, you should be able to find it easily this morning. Amen. 2 Kings, right after 1 Kings. And we're going to go to chapter 8. Praise the Lord. As we continue to walk with God. How do we walk? We walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. So 1 Kings, or 2 Kings, I should say, chapter 8, we're going to start by reading two verses there, the first two verses, verse 1 and verse 2. So if we're there, well, glory to God in heaven today, amen. So if we're there, let's, um, let's take a look at these verses together. It says, and this is King James Version, Then spake Elisha unto the woman, whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise, and go thou and thine household, and sojourn wheresoever thou can sojourn. For the Lord has called for a famine, and it shall also come upon the land seven years. And the woman arose, and did after the saying of the man of God. And she went with her household, and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. Amen. Amen for the word. Let's pray today. Father, to you we give all praise and we give all glory. We give all thanks and honor. And Father, we are grateful to be here today, O oh God, to hear your voice through your word. Yes. We pray now, God, that the Spirit of God will teach us new things, give us revelation and insight into the will of God for our lives. We block out everything right now, every distraction, everything that will try to interfere with what you desire to do here. And we say, God, have your way. Have your way yes, with us. Have yes. your way in us. Have your way through us. Father, bless everyone under the sound of my voice. And may your blessing and favor be upon me that I can share your heart with your people and that you may be glorified. We call it done by faith and we give you praise in advance. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. So again, we read 2 Kings um, chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. And our title today is Divine Restoration. Divine Restoration. And it's, it's an encouraging word, and a word of encouragement for us, especially at this time when so many people in so many places are either experiencing loss or are fearful of losing what they have, whether it's their health, relationship, job, finances, possessions, house, um, car, um, lose their mind, amen, as um, people deal with all kinds of anxiety and stress at this hour, and people are, you know, wanting to hold on to what they have um, and are fearful of losing it. But I want you to know that God is a restorer. He can restore anything that is is taken from us. Um, and so even in this time, which has been a really, really challenging time, this entire year from the very beginning has been a challenging time. But, you know, despite everything, all is not lost. Amen. Amen. And, and more than that, um, God is a restorer. And he has a word of divine restoration for us today, letting us know that 
He can restore us. We're talking about divine restoration, supernatural restoration. Yeah. We're talking about restoration that doesn't make any sense. Restoration that no one can see coming. Amen. Uh, God uh, is a divine restorer. And, you know, right now, um, you know, the enemy is on the prowl. Right, because he's trying to take advantage of people's anxieties and their fears and their uh, concerns, and he's trying to magnify them. Um, and that's his job, that's what he does. Um, Jesus said in John 10 10 that the enemy comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Yes, right, that's what the enemy does. He wants to steal, he wants to kill, he wants to destroy. And then Jesus said, but I have come, glory to God, that you might have life and that more abundantly. Uh, Amplified version says that you might have and enjoy life in abundance to the full till it overflows. Yeah. So God wants us to have and to enjoy life yeah. in abundance, glory to God, to the fill, to the full till it overflows. So that in the overflow, you can be a blessing to someone else. David uh, says in Psalm 23, my cup runneth over. God wants to overflow our lives with good things. He doesn't want to just give us enough to get by. God speaks in terms of overflow. He speaks mm -hmm. in terms of abundance, exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And he wants us to operate with the same heart that he has that we give god so loved that he gave we so love that we give yes. so that when we are blessed with an abundance of things it's not for us to hold it tight and say look how good we are and how great we are or how fortunate we are it's to take those abundant blessings and be a blessing yes to other people but the enemy comes to steal to kill and destroy and right now he's he's trying to to wreak havoc but I want to encourage someone with this. Remember what Peter said. He said that the that our adversary, the devil, mm -hmm. walks around as a roaring lion, lion, seeking whom he may devour. Yes. Um, and you know, God lets us know that words are so important. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, but words are important. And you know. The, in the King James Version, it says that he, he, he walks around seeking whom he may devour. It doesn't say can. Right. And, I, and I think mm -hmm. about something I read recently where a preacher said when he was a boy, he was in, in school, he would raise his hand and he would say to the teacher, can I go to the bathroom? <laughs> and the teacher would say, I don't know. Can you? Because the teacher was trying to explain to him what you really meant, meant to say is may I. May I. Mm -hmm. Because can speaks to ability. Right. So when he says, can I go to the bathroom? She goes, I don't know. Can you? Right. Because can speaks to ability. Right. Right. Can you swim? I can swim. I can't swim. I can sing. I can't sing. That, that's about ability. Right. Mm -hmm. But when someone speaks in terms of may, it's about permission. Right. right? Mm -hmm. May I go to the bathroom? May I come in? May I speak? Right? That's about permission. And so why is that important? And I know for us, we, we mix up the words can and may all the time. Yeah. We use them interchangeably. But just because we do that doesn't really strip them of their distinctions. Yes. We may view them as the same, but they're really not the same. Mm -hmm. And if we really honor words, we will honor the difference. And if we really honor the difference, then we would be encouraged by 1 Peter 5 and 8, because it says that Satan walks around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Yes. See, he needs permission. Right? Mm -hmm. He just can't come and devour. He, he needs permission. And so many times we get permission by the words we speak. Because we speak, you know, we speak 
instead of life-giving words, we speak words that bring death and destruction. We, we, we speak words of unbelief and doubt instead of words of faith. We speak words of hate instead of words of love. Um, and then other times, we stray off the paths of righteousness that our shepherd is leading us mm -hmm. in. So we actually now give him permission to attack us. But if we stay with God, he can't, right? He couldn't touch Job until God gave him permission. Right. Mm -hmm. right? So Satan just can't go around wreaking havoc without somewhere along the line permission being granted. He's seeking whom he may devour. And so listen, don't give him permission. Right. Amen? Don't give him permission. And we're not going to give him permission by, by being fearful in this time. Because even if we've lost something, and it's not just now, because loss occurs all the time. It's not just um, exclusive or limited to what's going on these past several mm -hmm. months. It's just amplified right now because, you know, people have lost jobs and businesses and homes and so mm -hmm. forth. Um, but loss happens all the time, unfortunately. It happens to all yeah. of us. But God's a restorer. Amen. And, and, and so we, we don't want to give Satan permission to mess with our mind and our heart and right jesus said what let not your heart be troubled because mm -hmm. he's letting us know you have the ability to allow it or not right. you see mm -hmm. we have the ability so so hear god talking to all of us let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid yes and if we follow that command then when satan says may i come into your heart the answer is already no because we've declared, I'm not allowing my heart to be troubled. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. Um, but in a time when loss is all around us, God wants us to know, listen, the story's not over. Amen. The story's not over. And, and, and God is a restorer. Amen. He can restore unto you whatever it is you have, have lost. And so today we're looking at the Shunammite woman in 2 Kings chapter 7. Or chapter 8, I should say. And Elisha is the man of God at this time in Israel. And he told the Shunammite woman um, to, to leave because there's about to be a famine in the land for seven years. And so she left. Mm -hmm. And she she went away. But I, I think we got to talk a little bit about the Shunammite woman because we first meet her in Second Kings chapter 4. And so if we can turn back there in Second Kings chapter 4, this is when we, 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 we first meet her. And um, in, in 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 8, it talks about the Shunammite woman. It says that it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunam. That's why she's called Shunammite, because Shunam is an actual place. Right. It's a city that belonged to Ishakar. Um, and it was near the Jezreel Valley. So Shunem is a place. Um, and so Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman. It really means that she was a notable woman. She was a wealthy woman. She was a woman that would had pretty high social standing. She was mm -hmm. a woman of some stature. Mm -hmm. And it says she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as often as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. So here she was. A woman of great wealth and means, but she made sure that she was, she t she looked after other people. She was generous towards Elisha. Mm -hmm. She made sure that every time he came through the city, that she would constrain him. Say, listen, you gotta stop by my house and refresh yourself, get some, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and eat. And see, this is the thing about we need to understand how important generosity is. Mm -hmm. God doesn't bless us so that we can be stingy or that we can be selfish or we can be a show-off. Right. God blesses us because he wants us to be a blessing to other people. Yes. Glory to mm -hmm. God. He blesses us so that we can be a blessing to other people. And she was following through with this. She was, she was, a, 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 she was a great woman, a woman of wealth, but she was generous too. Mm -hmm. No, it, 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 there's no honor in you being great financially and not being generous, right? If, if God has blessed you 
you know, with finances, then you should be generous with your finances. If God has blessed you with possessions, you should be generous with your possessions, right? The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Everything belongs to him. So anything that we have, he's allowing us to to be stewards over. We're not owners of those things. Right. Uh, But he wants us to now be a distribution center and be, you know, he can bless us and then blessings flow through us and they flow to other people. And that's how she was. And she didn't do it when, you know, she felt like it or whatever. It said as often as he passed by, (laughs) she did it. Amen. And, and, and she ate and then he ate at her house. And, you know, unless people get the wrong idea, she was married. Amen. Because mm-hmm. it says in verse 9, and she said unto her husband, Yeah. Right? Because she wasn't trying to get a man. So, you know, some people, you know, might think, oh, yeah, well, oh, she was trying. No, mm-hmm. it was pure of heart. Mm-hmm. She was just being generous. And she said unto her husband one day, Behold, now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God which passes by us continually. Let us make a little chamber or a room, I pray thee, on the wall or the roof. So they were going to make a upper chamber for him in, in their house. And let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. Or he shall turn in there. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that's what they did. Yeah. But and we're going to come back to this, but I want to focus, just draw your attention to an important word in verse 9. It's the word perceive. She said, behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God. Mm-hmm. So she didn't look at Elisha and just say, boy, he can preach. Right. Well, he's a good teacher. He's a good guy. She said, that's a man of God right there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And she perceived that. Um, her husband didn't. Right? right? But she did. So she wasn't just a, a woman of, of wealth and of means. She was a woman of spiritual discernment. Yes. Glory to God. See, forget always trying to just be... You know, listen, if you have spiritual discernment and you operate in the spirit, then natural things come easy to you. Yes. In other words, you know, I'd rather be spirit have spiritual discernment than have all the wealth in the world because you can have wealth and if you don't have wisdom, which is a spiritual thing, right? You lose your money. Yeah. The world is filled with people who had so much money and had no wisdom and today they're broke. Yeah. Right? That's true. So it's not a listen, that's why God said what wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. Yes. And with all your getting, get understanding. So we have wisdom. We can get wealth. Mm-hmm. But not only that, we have wisdom. We not only will get wealth, we'll use it properly, we'll hold on to it, and we'll even multiply it. Glory to God. So she has spiritual understanding because she said, I perceive this man is is, is a man of God. Um, she was generous. She perceived that he was a man of God, made a room for him. And then, and notice... Elisha never asked her for anything. Mm-hmm. She just did it out of her heart. It was something she wanted to do. And so it came to pass then that, you know, Elisha had a servant named Gehazi. And he said to Gehazi, he said, this woman has been nice to us, but she hasn't asked us for anything. What mm-hmm. does she want? And she came to him and said, nah, I'm good. Right? And so... Elisha kept talking to Gehazi and said, what can we do for this Shunammite woman? And Gehazi said, well, she doesn't have any kids. So Elisha told Gehazi, go call her. And he called her and she came in and and he said, by this time next year, you're going to have a son. You're going to hold him in your arms. And she said, don't mess with me now. I'm just paraphrasing, but Mm -hmm. that's what she said. She said, "Don't, don't deceive me. Don't lie to me. Don't get my hopes up. There's actually a New Living Translation. She actually is translated. said, don't get my hopes up. Don't don't tell me that. Because see, for a woman in Bible times, we know to be barren or not have any children was a mark of disgrace. Mm -hmm. So when he's telling her, you're going to be, you know, you're going to have a child next year. And her husband was very old, the Bible said. Mm -hmm. She said, don't get my hopes up. But what happened? The next year she had a son. But watch this, though. 
You see how this works? God blessed her with all this, you know, great stature and financial wherewithal. And she wasn't stingy, but she was generous. And she did something for Elisha without him asking, right? And then look at, look at God. God, through Elisha, now promises her a son, and she didn't ask for it. See, see, this is the thing. See, it, this is about the sowing and reaping. And this is why we got to continue to sow good seeds. Because the Bible says, God is not mocked. Whatsoever you sow, that shall you also reap. God said, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will never cease. Mm -hmm. Amen. He says, if we, if we sow on good soil, we'll reap 30, 60, or 100 fold. So don't stop sowing seed. The devil wants you to stop doing good things. He wants you to stop looking after people and being kind and being generous and being helpful. Why? Because those are good seeds mm -hmm. that if you continue to sow, you'll reap a tremendous harvest that will be a blessing unto you. And so many people cut off their own blessing by, stop, by, by, by not sowing. Listen, if you don't sow a seed, you can't get a harvest. Right. Mm-hmm. So she sowed seeds of generosity to, to Elisha without being asked, and God turned around and blessed her tremendously without her asking. You're going to have a son next year. And so she had a son. And the Bible says, though, that when the son um, grew older, he went out into the field with his father to work, and he started complaining of a headache. And it was in the early part of the day, and he took, he said, take the boy home, took one of the servants, told one of the servants, take the boy home to his mother. And they took him home, and the boy died in the mother's lap. Mm -hmm. And she, she took him up in her arms and took him up to that upper chamber and laid him on Elisha's bed. Right. Right. And let's look now. It says, uh, she called her husband in verse 22 of chapter 4. She called her husband, because we need to see this, and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the donkeys, that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, Wherefore, or why, would you go to him today? It's not the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, It shall be well. And, you know, one of the translations says, she said, it is well. Mm -hmm. Now, her son just died. Right. And she said, it's well. And she wanted to go to go see Elisha, who was at this time, he was in Mount Carmel, at Mount Carmel, which was about 20 miles away. So she got on the donkey and she told the, the driver of the donkey, don't stop until we get there. Mm -hmm. And as she was coming, Elisha was sitting with Gehazi. He saw her. He said, that's the Shunammite woman coming. Mm -hmm. He said, go out there and meet her and ask her, is everything well with you? Is everything well with your husband? Is everything well with your son? And Gehazi goes out there and says, everything well? And she said to him, it is well. Mm -hmm. Now, this is remarkable, right? That this woman at this time is declaring that all is well when her son just died, right? Yeah. When her son just died. Mm -hmm. And see, to me, we got to note that this woman was not only, and again, we can talk about her financial stature, we can talk about her social stature, but we need to talk about her spiritual foundation. Because she perceived that Elisha was a man of God, and she apparently was a woman of great faith. Because in, if, 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 when faced with the death of her son, she can go, it is well. She, she's operating in a faith that's uncommon. She's operating in a faith that is saying, I believe that, that this story, glory to God, is not over. Amen. And that's where we have to be, that this story is not over. Your story is not over. Right? And I believe, you know, she perceived he was a man of God. But she also knew something. This man of God had told her something that came to pass. This time next year, you're going to have a son. His word came to pass, which proved that he was truly a prophet of God, right? Because right? mm -hmm. God said in Deuteronomy that you will tell and you would know if a prophet is really speaking for me, if his word comes to pass or not. Mm -hmm. So she knew Elisha is a man of God. 
right? He told me I was going to have a son. And if anybody can help me, God can help me, but she can work through this man of God to help me. And so she ran to go see him. And I have to believe too that she, it doesn't say so in the Bible, but maybe she was aware as well of what Elijah did, right? For mm -hmm. the widow of Zarephath's son, who also died. Mm -hmm. And Elijah brought that young man back to life. And Elijah preceded Elisha as the prophet in the nation. And so she said, Listen, I'm going to go get some help. And so she goes and uh, Gehazi comes back and laid his staff on the boy's face, but the boy, Elisha's staff on the boy's face, but the boy didn't come back to life. And then Elisha comes in later, lays on him, uh, breathes into him, and the boy is restored to life, mm -hmm. right? And so this is the Shunammite woman. And this is the relationship that she has with Elisha, the man of God. They go back a ways, right? She mm -hmm. took care of Elisha when he came into town, made a room for Elisha so that he can have a place to rest and to eat. Elisha, you know, uh, under the, uh, the spirit of God, told her she was going to have a, a child. She did. That child died. She ran to go get Elisha. Elisha comes lays on him, the power of God comes uh, and raises that boy back to life. Mm -hmm. So they got some history, right? <laughs> and so when we get to 2 Kings chapter 8, Elisha is still looking out for this woman. And see, again, look how, look how the seeds that you sow can operate. See, when we sow into the kingdom of God, we need to understand the kingdom of God is an everlasting kingdom, mm -hmm. right? Which means if you sow into an everlasting kingdom, you have a righteous expectation of an everlasting harvest. Amen? Amen. That, that blessings will continue to flow. Amen. The Bible says, right? I think it's in, I wish I could find it. Where it talks about he will increase you more and more. You and your children. Mm -hmm. Right? Like He said, God wants to increase us more and more. Not just do it once. He wants to do it again. And again, mm -hmm. and again, and again. Why? Because that's how he is. Amen. Right. He wants to increase us more and more. You and your children. Mm -hmm. And so, Elisha, amen, is still showing kindness to this woman. Mm -hmm. Because now, some years later, he finds out, through God, because God tells him, there's going to be a famine in the land. And yeah. there's going to be a famine for seven years. And so, Elisha goes to the woman and shares with her what God has told him. And he says, listen, you need to leave. <laughs> you need to leave. Uh, take your household with you. And see, she now doesn't look at this and go, this is my home. I live here. Why should I have to leave? She just got up and went. She, yes. Amen. Mm -hmm. Why? Because she understood something. You know how God said in, uh, uh, I believe it's in Second Kings chapter 20, he says, if you believe the word of God, uh, so shall you be established. But if you believe his prophets, so yes. shall you prosper. Mm -hmm. See, see, a lot of people, they want to believe the word of God, but they don't want to believe the prophet. <laughs> right. Right. You'll believe the word. Okay. The word and, and second, I think it's Second Chronicles 20 and 20, maybe. Can you check for me? Yes. I don't want to lead anybody astray. But it says, you know, be, be, believe the word of God and you shall be established. I don't think it's 20 and 20. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> but believe his prophets and so shall ye prosper. Right? Um, we want to believe the word of God, which is great. Yes, that's right. It's, 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 see, Holy Ghost, no. See, I don't know, but Holy Ghost, no, praise God. <laughs> Amen. Um, <laughs> Holy Ghost say, why don't you just listen, boy? Be like the Shunammite woman. <laughs> just listen and obey. Mm -hmm. Amen. Um, but she believed, she believed the man of God. Mm -hmm. And see, how many people, you go to, you go to church, and do you view your, your, your pastor as a man of God, as a woman of God, wow. or are they just the pastor? Mm 
-hmm. And when I say just, because I, there's a there's a difference. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There's a difference. It's a, it's a different level. Yeah, they preach the word. He's preaching. She's preaching. He's a good teacher. She's a good teacher. He could pray. She could pray. But do you perceive them to be wow. a man of God? Do you perceive her to be a woman of God? Because, see, if you perceive that, then when they say something, you're going to do it. Because you're saying they speak for God. But if you don't perceive him that way, you go, well, he's just a man, right? She's just a woman, right? And see, nobody's saying that they're not man or woman, but are they a man or woman of God? Yes. Carrying yes. the word of God in their mouth. And if they are, you're going to follow what they say, not because of them, but because of the God in them. Yes. And you'll prosper. So she left. And so she left. And how many of you know that there was a famine for seven years? Let's pick up at verse 3. And so it came to pass that at the end of seven years that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines and she went forth to cry or to plead unto the king for her house and for her land. She wanted to get her stuff back. Amen. How many people want to get their stuff back? Yes. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> she wanted to get her stuff back. And what did she? What was she going to do? She was going to make her plea to the king for what? To get her stuff back. Yes. How do you think you're going to get your stuff back? <laughs> you're going to have to make your plea to the king too. Yeah. The king of kings and the lord of lords. Amen. But that's the thing. The king can restore your stuff. Yes. Why are, you, why are you posting? Why are you talking? Why are you complaining? Why are you moaning and groaning? Why are you doing that? That's not going to get you your stuff back. What's going to yeah. get your stuff back is making your appeal to the king. Stop wasting your time. Mm. Amen? Yeah, misery loves company. Fine. Then all y'all are miserable. I don't want to be miserable, amen? Why you want to share your misery? Forget that. Do your crying, and then you get up, and you make your appeal to the king. If you want your stuff back, it's the king who can restore wow. your stuff. Yes. Not your friend, not your neighbor, not your brother, not your sister, not, not your Facebook friends, not your Instagram followers, your Twitter followers. None of them can restore your stuff. The only one who can restore your stuff is the king. Wow. So she said, listen, seven years famine is up. I'm going to the king to get my stuff back. And so she she comes, amen, and she says, she says, she went forth, and it says in verse number three, she went forth to cry unto the king for her house and for her land. Now watch how God works. <laughs> amen. Watch how she watch how God works. It says in verse four. And the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God. Right? So she's coming to go talk to the king. And while she's coming to talk to the king, Gehazi, the servant of the king, just so happens <laughs> to be, he just so happens to be talking to the king. And the king says to him, I pray thee, tell me all the great things that Elisha has done. He wanted to know all the things that Elisha had done. Yes. And it came to pass, as he was telling the king, how he had restored a dead boy to life. So, of all the things he could tell the king. Now, Elisha did more than this. Elisha healed Naaman of leprosy. Right? Right. Elisha... Uh, uh, he 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 made the axe head to float. Yes. Uh, Elisha, uh, uh, he made bitter water sweet. Mm. He uh, 
he he at one time uh, some of the, the the prophets of God had made some stew and a guy had put, brought back some poison mushrooms didn't know it was poison threw it in the stew they started to eat it they said oh there's death in the pot and he said bring me some flour he threw the flour in he said okay it's, it's good enough to eat and they were able to eat it so he he cleansed some poisonous stew wow right mm-hmm. Elisha made all kinds of prophetic declarations by this time tomorrow in Samaria you know remember he said that 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 barley's yeah. gonna sell for this mm-hmm. cheap and everything Elisha did some stuff and of all the things that Elisha did Gehazi just happens to tell the king about what he did with the Shunammite woman's son. <laughs> right. And he's doing that as the Shunammite woman just happens to be coming. Don't tell me all things don't work together for the good. Amen. Don't tell me there's not a God in heaven who's orchestrating things around. Right now, you you may want to say, I'm going to do something tomorrow, whatever. God is already orchestrating things right now and putting things in place. Amen. To make your crooked path straight and your rough path smooth. Mm-hmm. God wants to restore things unto you. He wants to bless you. And so this is the timing of God at work. Amen. Mm-hmm. So she's coming and 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 uh, uh, Gehazi is telling the king how Elisha had restored a dead body to life. And this is in verse 5. That behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king. At the same time he's telling this story, here she comes. Mm -hmm. And she cried to the king for her house and for her land. She said, I want my house and my land back. Mm -hmm. And Gehazi looks and said, that's her. He said, said, my lord, O king, this is the woman and this is her son whom Elisha restored to life. Now, some will call that a coincidence. That's not coincidence. That's God working in her life. Amen. And if God did it for her, God will do it for you too. Amen. Mm -hmm. He works in the lives of those who are after his heart. She was generous, right? She, she She was spiritually led. She was obedient to the man of God. God looks after his children. How many of you know? No coincidence. So Gehazi said, this is the woman, this is her son that Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him, yeah, that's right, I'm her. Mm-hmm. And what did the king do? The king appointed unto her a certain officer saying what? Restore all that was hers. Yeah. Glory to God. Mm-hmm. And restore all the fruits of her field. Watch this. Since the day she left the land, even until now. Mm-hmm. So in other words, whatever how her land was harvested and they sold fruit and crops from her land, whatever the value that came from her property over seven years, yes. pay her back. Yes. Glory yes. to God. Amen. Give her back a house, give her back her land, and all the profits that came off her land for the last seven years, pay her back. Amen. She thought she lost everything. But God is a God who can divinely restore things unto us that we think we've lost. Listen, glory to God for this. Amen. Um, you know, the Bible talks about restoration in so many ways, right? It tells us that, that they that wait on the Lord, that God will renew your strength, yeah. right? So if you're feeling weak, God can renew your strength. Amen. He can give you, he can restore your strength. He can give you the strength to carry on, to push on, to, to, to go another step, to go yes. that extra mile. God can renew your strength. David said in Psalm 103 and verse 5, he said that, that, that God will satisfy your mouth with good things and renew your youth. As the eagles, yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that? That that not only renewing your strength, God can re- can renew your youth, Amen. You could be you could be 80, 85, 90, 95, and God can res- can renew your youth. Yes. And see again, we're talking about divine restoration and divine renewal, right? We're talking about supernatural. We're talking about don't make any sense kind of stuff. It don't make any sense that you're in your eighties and you feel like you did when you was. You know, 50. And Christian going to look and say, 50 is still old. But listen, but somebody who 80 know that 50 should. I, 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 I'd like to be 50. 
It's all relative, amen? It's all relative. If you 80, 50 is 30 years younger. How many of you know? Yeah. Do the math. Amen. amen. Glory to God. I can renew your youth. Put it this way. You 50, I can make you 20. Let's do 30 that way. Christian probably said 20 still old. Well, listen, you need to keep living. Not my fault you are youngin'. Amen. Praise be unto God. But God can Amen. renew our youth. Yes, yes. So this whole thing, like sometimes I joke around and, 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 and my wife would tell me, because sometimes I say, oh man, cause I, I, I have a hard day, I'm working out in the field. I feel like that's shooting my woman's son. Oh, my head, my head, right? And I come in, I'm tired. I go, I'm, I'm just old. And, you, and my wife would tell me, you're not old. And I realized when she said that, I, I got to stop saying that. See, a lot of times we let our voice, our words mm -hmm. just be you know, all, all sloppy. No, God can renew my youth like the eagles. Glory to God. Amen. He can renew your strength. You know, but he's a restorer. Amen. You know, in, in Jeremiah 30 and 17, God said that he will restore health unto thee and heal thee of thy wounds. Yes. So people who are sick or, 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 or have ailments in their body, there's a promise from God to restore health unto you and to heal you of all your wounds. Yes. God is a divine restorer. Amen. God can restore joy, right? Isn't that what David, uh, he said, listen, he said, restore unto me the joy, the joy of thy salvation. Yes. See, there are so many people who you, you were, you were on fire when you first got saved. You were excited. You were, you just knew God was all that in the bag of chips. And then what happened? Life came. Yeah. And then when life came and things came and they were unexpected and you suffered some heartache, you suffered some loss, you suffered some pain, your joy ebbed away. Yeah. But God can restore your joy. Psalm 51 and 12. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And in fact, God said in the book of Isaiah that what? He said he will give you beauty for ashes, yes. the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Yes. So God can restore your joy. Amen. He can give you this garment of praise. He can give you the oil of joy for your mourning and your sorrow. Amen. God is a, a, is a divine restorer. And so in this time right now where we feel, you know, people are talking about loss, people are experiencing loss. If you are a child of God, you should know something. All is not lost. Amen. Yes. All is not lost because we serve a God who's a, a divine restorer. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Now I've been reading, um, I just finished reading the book of Job. Um, it is fascinating to me on so many levels. But at the end of the book of Job, Job lost everything, right? He lost his children. He lost his businesses. He lost his servants. He lost houses. He lost, right? Mm -hmm. It seemed like all was lost, wasn't it? Yeah. But at the end of the book of Job, it said that the, that the, that the Lord turned the captivity of Job. Mm -hmm. when he prayed for his friend. He turned the captivity. Turn the captivity is a word. Who uses that phrase? That's King James. Mm -hmm. In more modern versions, it says he restored the losses yeah. of Job. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. So God's a restorer, right? He, he turned the captivity of Job. He restored the losses of Job. And what it says? And gave him double. Oh, gave him twice as much mm -hmm. as he had before. Yeah. Gave him twice as much as he had before. And that's how God works, amen? God, God, what is it? Zechariah 9. I'm just going to read this. Zechariah 9 and 12. It says, is it 9 and 12? Is it 9 and 12? <laughs> yeah. It says, turn you to the stronghold, ye prisons of hope. I'm reading Zechariah 9 and 12. Return you to the stronghold, ye prisons of hope. Even today do I declare that I will render double unto thee. Mm. Glory to God. Somebody need to hold on to that one right there. Amen. See, God restored double unto Job, but again, God is no respecter of persons. He restored the Shunammite woman. 
he can restore you. Amen. The stuff that you think you're lost, he can restore that unto you because he's a divine restorer. He restored Job. He can restore you. And what did he do with Job? He gave him the double. Well, that was Job. No, but look at Zechariah 9 and 12. Oh, yes. Turn you to the stronghold, ye prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare. Glory mm -hmm. to God. God is declaring today, I will render double unto thee. Amen. God's promising, amen, to restore. But we got to be prisoners of hope. In other words, when I say prisoners of hope, we got to be, amen, no matter where we are, we still got to be people that carry around that hope. Yes. You know, that faith, like that Shunammite woman, amen, to carry around, carry around that faith. I want to look at one last scripture and then we get on up out of here. Um, 1 Peter chapter 5. We didn't lose everything. All is not lost. Amen. Amen. Supernatural stuff, too. Glory to God. First Peter chapter 5, verse 10. It says, But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, Establish, strengthen, settle you. Amen. New Living Translation says it this way. It says, After you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you. He will place you on a firm foundation. And so some of us can know, I've been suffering for a little while. <laughs> Amen. Mm -hmm. I've been suffering for more than a little while. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. But there's a promise that after you've suffered for a little while, he will restore you support you, strengthen you, and place you on a firm foundation. Amen. Now, we're going to close here. I just want to come back to something I had said earlier when it comes to the Shunammite woman. Because in 2 Kings um, chapter 4, I said there was a word in verse 9 that was we were going to come back to, and it was the word proceed. Right, mm -hmm. where she perceived that he was a man of God. Right? Mm -hmm. She said, Behold, I perceive this is a holy man of God. And see, in, in some ways, you know, that perceiving, she got a revelation. Yeah. Right? It, like, you know, David got a revelation at some point, years after he was king, he perceived that he was king. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, he had already been king for a while. But then he got the revelation. I'm king of Israel. You know, mm -hmm. some of us, you know, we might be in a position for a certain time, but it takes time for us to get the revelation of who we are and what we have and what we can do. And the same thing with God. You know, we, we, we know God. We know God through his word. But there comes times, amen, where God gives you a deeper revelation yeah. of mm -hmm. who he is. And that's the thing. These can be words that we just went over. This could just be a story and it's nice. Or you can get the revelation. Mm. Because, see, because see, nothing really happened in her life until she got revelation. Right. Right? God wasn't moving. She was feeding Elisha for a while. Mm -hmm. But it's when she got the revelation, that's a man of God right there. She then took her generosity to another level, and God took his generosity to another level. Yes. Mm -hmm. Gave her a kid, and then God remained in her life, protecting her from a famine. Glory to God, because Elisha didn't have to tell her anything. Mm -hmm. Protected her from a famine, brought her back, and restored everything that she thought she lost. But it all followed the fact that she got a revelation. That's a man of God right there. So here's the thing, as we're closing, amen, we want revelation on what God has spoken unto us today, amen. When I say revelation, meaning how does this apply to our lives? Mm -hmm. See, you can say a word is good because it sounded good and it was a good story and it had some scriptures that's familiar to you and you can close your book and go about your Sunday. Or you can say to God, God, give me revelation on what you, what you were talking about today. I heard what was said. But now I want revelation. Amen? Yes. Right? 
Do you just want head knowledge or do you want revelation? Because it's a whole different, amen. Oh, is it, yeah, that was good. Oh, it, it pulled on my heartstrings. That's fine. But do you want revelation? And let's pray for revelation, amen. amen. Revelation on this because, see, because here's the thing. Losses are real. Amen. Losses are real. People lose loved ones. People lose property. They lose homes. They lose you know, jobs and businesses, ministries, and, and all kinds of things. Loss is real. Yes. But God is real too. Glory to God. And God is a restorer. But we need a revelation on this, you know, divine restoration that is part of our, the character of our God. Amen. Yes. So as we close, amen, we're going to pray for a revelation, amen, on what we've heard. And on just how God wants to work in our lives and restore that which was taken. Amen. God said in Joel chapter 2, he said he will restore the years yes. that the locusts have eaten. Yes. Glory to God. God, listen, God wants to restore years. He wants to restore things. Oh, it's too late for me to do that. It's too late. Oh, all is lost. No, God wants to restore years. He wants yes. to restore hope. He wants to restore joy. He wants to restore strength. He wants to restore youth. He wants to restore health. He wants to restore possessions. Yes. He wants to restore. Amen. Amen. The devil don't have the last word in this joint. Amen. God Amen. does. And so let's get the revelation. Amen. Let's pray today. Father, we bless your holy name. Yes, Glory to God. We thank you, God, for the word that you've spoken unto us today, that you are a God of divine restoration. Yes. Glory to God. Father, restore unto those, oh God, who are hearing this message, who are hearing your voice. Restore unto those, oh God, all that has been lost or yes, that appeared to you. have been lost. Father, I pray that you will restore joy. I pray that you will restore strength and vitality. I pray that you will restore health and well-being. I yes, pray Father. that you will restore hope and restore faith. I pray that you will restore joy. I pray that you will restore possessions and, and finances. I pray that you will restore marriages and yes, relationships, Lord, oh God. You. I pray, God, that you will restore that which the locusts have eaten. And Father, I pray, God, that you will bless us with revelation in our own lives yes, of Father, what it is that you, you want to do. And even bless us with revelation in other people's lives, that, God, that we can be a source of encouragement yes, even unto them Father, thank you. to hold on because the story is not over. That what appeared lost is not lost because you are restoring and even declaring on this day that you will restore the double. Yes, Lord. And so, Father, we stand on your word by faith in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we believe by faith in the Son of God that you will give us the revelation that we need, that we can see the word that you've spoken into our hearts come to pass in our lives. Yes, Lord. And, Father, we thank you for it. We bless you for it. We call it done by faith. And we give you all praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Amen. God's a restorer. Amen. Amen. And so, you know, whether it's now or any other time in your life, um, go encourage somebody, amen, who might be feeling down and out and everything's lost. Because it's not. Amen. God can restore unto you.